Legend tales of a place where the booze flows freely and the stories are always entertaining. If you were bold enough to seek out such a place, head 13 miles down the Tuscan Highway to a tiny blues joint known as the Townsmith Tavern. Once there, <laughs> enjoy the ride. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to a UA production of Beer, Blues, and Bowl. Excuse me, excuse me, you can't say that. You're going to lose your family-friendly rating. You're going to corrupt the kids. B.S. A podcast that invites you to grab a cool beverage, pull up a seat, and enjoy time with friends. And here are your hosts, Howard Blues and the Mark Kidder. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Beer, Blues, and BS, the podcast where one of the hosts might be on life support. I'm your host, Howard Blues, here, as always, with my co-host, the man, the myth, the legend, the Mark Kidder. Kidder, how are you doing tonight? Uh, just checking to see if if that's me or if it's you. I to be determined we'll see how the show goes <laughs> i'm i'm okay i'm i'm happy to be here with you again one more week and another episode closer to the big 50 i know you're under the weather but how do you feel about that i mean i'm excited you know 50 episodes that's a milestone mm-hmm. that's uh that's a pretty good achievement mm-hmm plus if i'm not mistaken gosh our 50th episode will either be video 100 or 101 on the youtube look at that it's like things actually work out mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah i mean we, we've been hitting some achievement with that you know we had the gentleman from indiana finally on the show Coming up on episode 50. We're doing well. Doing well. I like it. I think we're we're doing something right, or we just keep throwing money at it because we want to. So mm-hmm. I'm happy to be here. And uh, I'm sorry you're feeling under the weather there, but uh, I'm hoping that the trash feeling goes away with this evening's activities. And they, by activities, oh, uh, I mean topics. Yeah, I don't know that the feeling is going to go away with that. If anything, I'm probably going to do more damage to my already damaged vocal cords, um, which is, I told Kidder before we started recording, but for you, the audience, uh, all of that announcing last weekend has led to me being diagnosed with tonsillitis, which is why I still sound not my normal self. And uh, we'll be hacking and coughing. I will try to mute. But it'll be a lot of coughing on my part. So we better get to what's on tap so you can lubricate those vocal cords a little bit. Even if you, Howard Blues, are not having anything alcoholic this evening, I understand. But even if you and the audience are not having anything alcoholic, that is also acceptable. Even though the the show title has beer in it, 
We are all inclusive in the tasty beverages. So grab what you enjoy and enjoy that damn thing. So what do you, what do you have tonight? Is it brisk, baby? Well, yes, uh, it is. I'm just uh, having some brisk iced tea, lemon flavored. That's uh, that's what I got. And uh, I will probably get through most of this bottle because talking hurts. And uh, I'm going to try and keep lubricated throughout. So there'll be a lot of drinking on my part tonight. What do you got, uh, Kidder? Well, I was going to ask what kind of uh, drink facts you got over there. I mean, uh, <laughs> what's on that label? <laughs> um, not much. Uh, 11 milligrams of caffeine. All right. And uh, that looks like uh, a one liter you got there in your hands. Yeah. Yep, that's a that's a liter. Yep, liter of cola. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Great. Contains zero percent juice, so yeah, awesome. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, just some just smart. Yeah. Remember the old Arizona tea cans, like the giant aluminum cans. You remember those? All the artwork that they had on them. I always enjoyed looking at them. I don't think I ever purchased any of them to drink, but I always enjoyed going to the convenience store, gas station, whatever, and just looking in the refrigerated section at those. Like, hi, those look cool. I'm going to get something else. <laughs> I mean, they, the, the cans are still there. They're probably not as much artwork. Um, usually with those, all I ever got were the uh, Arnold Palmers. Um, and usually that's actually what I prefer in my... Uh, my tea, the whole Arnold Palmer tea and lemonade combo. Mm. Snapple used to make a really good one. And then for some reason they decided, you know what? We're all going to do the large bottles in the diet. Arnold mm. Palmer. So you had to get the small bottles of it in the regular. But if you want a large one, you had to get it in diet. Mm. Never, never appreciated that. Uh, that strategy. So yeah. seems like a bad move. Before I get to my what's on tap, I have some breaking sports news. The Avs are playing the Winnipeg Jets in Colorado, and the Avs have uh, tied it up. The score is now 3-3 in the second period. There you go. We'll keep an eye on that as we always do right here on the Triple B. In fact, well, look at look at that, look at that. It's like winning. There, okay. You, you know what, Kidder? You yeah. had to push buttons. I still have the party light, man. I just flipped that on. I got color changing all over the place. Fine. There you go. There's your color changing <laughs> all over the place. It doesn't quite smatter me with light across the face, but I also enjoy being able to see. So there's that. <laughs> hmm. Man, look at all those colors. It's really only like three. It kind of looks like that, but um, I don't know. Because there's all kinds of colors on here. 
Yeah, it just yeah. seems to be going uh, red, green, blue, red, green, blue. Hmm. <clears throat> well, there you go. How about that? Is that better yeah, for that's you? Fine. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to need a drink after all of that. And uh, this week, it uh, apparently <clears throat> was National Margarita Day earlier this week or something like that. And if it wasn't, well, it is now because uh, tonight I am trying out this, the Zing Zang Margarita. It is apparently made with the award-winning margarita mix. It's got the all-natural ingredients, margarita, and it's made with tequila, uh, including premium silver tequila with real fruit juices, pure cane sugar, triple sec, blue agave, and natural flavors. Nine, yes, nine percent alcohol per volume in this 12 fluid ounce can and uh, you get the double side of it there uh shake well before opening i mean i thought it was carbonated but uh <laughs> we'll give it a shot apparently imported by zing zang in chicago but produced in canada a eh? i'm, I'm kind of nervous shaking this i, I don't know Ooh. It says shake well, so one would assume, but I would also assume it's somewhat carbonated. So there's that. Here we I'm go. Just gonna, well, it's just going to say, well, you're opening that kidder with that yeah. name, Zing Zang. I kind of want mm -hmm. them to put Zoom on the end of that. So Zing Zang <laughs> Zoom, because there's a Marvel villain, Fin Fang Foom. Mm. And so it just, that's where my mind goes. It's like his his, his evil uh, uh, nemesis or something. Uh, evil dragon hmm. space creature ends up fighting Iron Man a couple of times. Yeah. So it, like I said, I figured it would be one of them things. There. You want to shake it well, but it's carbonated. So how does that work? But it didn't go anywhere, and I didn't get it on the suit jersey, so that's a win. <clears throat> My hands will probably be a little sticky. So um, this one, oh, has a nice, nice uh, traditional margarita scent to it. Mm. You know, I think this would be really good. Uh, mixed into uh, some blended ice. Um, very good for, uh, you know, I don't want to downsize or downgrade my rating and the taste because it comes out of a can or label it in the, well, it's a can thing, but the taste of this could rival your favorite uh, place where you get a margarita. So, <clears throat> I like it. This is good. Um, I have a couple more of these, so um, I might have to bring one over for you. Hmm. Yeah, I'd be interested in try, giving it a try. That's good. <clears throat> hmm. All right. 
that one also a recommendation from uh from our friend mr boucher over over at the local liquor establishment so good stuff so how about we hit this thing running we don't have to actually run especially in your condition that's good i'd probably fall down and die at this point my Howie Jr. just wanted to play with me tonight, and I was trying my best. But it's like, oh, buddy, I know dead, dead, can't. He's mm-hmm. tired. It was, it was, uh, it was tough. He was having a rough day too. It was kind of a long day. He got like all of a thirty-minute nap. So, yeah, wonderful. Mm-hmm. I didn't sleep well last night either. I went to bed late, which was my own fault. It was like one forty-five, and then at about quarter to six, Freya and Orion, more so Freya, was like, hey, 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 hey. And I'm like, <laughs> so I, I get it. Obviously, different reasons, and you feel worse, but <clears throat> we'll make it through it. Unlike... Cesaro and his contract offer from the WWE. Yes, Cesaro. He has grabbed the helicopter out of Stamford, Connecticut. See what I did there? Possibly swinging over to AEW. Maybe. Um, He's got a lot of options of where he could go. The best thing for him, in my opinion, and reading several articles on this is number one, the contract expired that he was on. It was only a year extension from his actual contract that he was on. So he was just kind of extended onto it. Um, So again, since it expired, the best part about it, he has no compete or non-compete clauses. So tomorrow... He could go visit whatever promotion he wants, be on TV, doesn't matter. He can go do it. Um, A couple of the articles mentioned uh, not reaching the agreement with the offer that WWE extended to him. And uh, I mean, I'm okay with it as much as uh, I think he was one of the reasons still that I enjoyed watching WWE programming. Wherever he goes, he's going to be a a success. So I'm uh, happy for him. Uh, He wasn't, uh, I guess, according to some of the reports, wasn't the happiest around there because he wasn't being used. They didn't have anything for him. No storylines, no anything, I guess. So I get that. Uh and the fact that the last seven times that uh, he's been on TV, he lost those matches. So get him into a decent program. In fact, I think he had uh, one actual top title shot, and that was at... Oh, I saw the graphic earlier. <laughs> it was at one of the obscure pay-per-views that you knew that he wasn't going to beat Roman Reigns. So... Very unfortunate for Cesaro because he was fun to get to see live. 
uh, when he was around here. So hopefully he goes to a promotion that uh, knows how to use him and knows his worth as well. So be interesting. Eddie Kingston posted a, a tweet with uh, some, I don't know what it was from, but some old video <laughs> of uh, Eddie Kingston and Cesaro dressed up weird and like holding hands, walking through a backyard. I don't know. We have, thanks to future Howard, it's there. <clears throat> so you can <laughs> get it. I don't, I don't get it. I never saw it, so I have no context. Yeah, neither do I. Um, I don't even, I don't think I've even seen the photo that you've sent. So, but uh, that's, yeah. Yeah. yeah no, it's like I like used uh, car salesman. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would say it, uh, you know, it's a it's a loss to WWE, but they they just they never really knew how to use Cesaro. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, like they broke him up with Sheamus, and it's like you could have left those two as the bar and had at least a decent tag team division with the bar and the Usos, and yeah, they were a good tag team. Yeah, so. Yeah. Oh, well, we'll see what happens. And, uh, you know, uh, to your point there, would have been better, I think, for Sheamus to be with Cesaro and have them a big contender for the tag team division compared with Sheamus and... What's his name? That other guy. Mm -hmm. I get bringing up young talent, but... It's Seamus Light, so just at least the bar was interesting because they beat the crap out of each other and and then let's be a tag team and kill everybody else. Okay, great. It's kind of like the uh, team Hell No all over again, but different. Anyway, onward to the biggest match of all time. <sighs> How do you feel about this? It's a match that's already happened this year. Well, within the past year. Because they had this match in Saudi Arabia. at crown jewel. Oh, no. That was the greatest wrestling match ever. <laughs> well, no. That, that was, that was um, the other one. It's working an edge. Uh-huh. But what I'm saying is they're they're building this Roman Reigns Brock Lesnar as the biggest match of all time, but earlier this year in Crown Jewel, you had Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. But this yeah. one, man, it is actually for the titles. Winner takes all. Yeah. Yeah. So here's the dumb thing. I I know with Lashley being out due to uh, shoulder surgery and will most likely miss WrestleMania. What if they make this a triple threat match with somebody? How annoyed would you be? I'd be somewhat annoyed at that maneuver. I think that they... uh... They need to have this match so that the feud is over. Yeah, I could see that. 
I can see that. Just, I think it also is a way to accomplish then combining the belts, number one, and then uh, number two, getting the belt off reins. Since there's like nobody else that would be a legitimate person to take the belt off reins except for The Rock or John Cena. Yeah, but then the question is, what do you you do with Reigns after you remove the belt from him? They could totally make it just like Corbin when he lost all of his money and he's poor and he's got a stained shirt and uh, he doesn't have his cars because they were repoed and everything. and, And he just looks like he didn't shower and he grows out his hair longer yeah no i it just means even story-wise I, I don't know what you do with roman without the belt like his current run and gimmick has all been about the belt i just don't know what you do with him afterwards if he loses it do you think that they're kind of stuck in that right now even with the belt okay he has it we don't really have anybody to take it off him but what do we do with him? Because he doesn't want to fight people, or he does at pay-per-view, but the rest of it never fights anybody. And when he does, he squashes them. Yeah. Do you think that they're stuck now? I, I do think that they are a little bit. Um, I mean, they can unstick themselves, right? But taking the belt off one unbeatable monster and putting it on another unbeatable monster... You know, again, because they don't let just anybody beat Brock Lesnar. So it's one of those. I I think they have been stuck for a while because they have only built up so much of their upper card talent. Yeah. You know, they have a lot of mid card talent, but they don't have a lot of upper card talent. Mm-hmm. So you're what do you feel about? Cody Rhodes hopping in and challenging. I think Cody is a good enough talent. Like he can do great matches. I just don't think that Vince sees him as that kind of guy. I think if Cody comes in, he'll be upper mid card. He'll be in the same spot as Kevin Owens and Finn Balor and those guys who you know, they'll make a, a shot at the champion and have their little feud, and then they'll go back to doing whatever. Sure. Interesting note on AJ Styles, because uh, I think you're you're also partially referring to him, even though he's a former WWE champion in his own right, uh, just signed a three-year contract deal with WWE, and uh, reportedly making just under... Brock Lesnar and Randy Orton salary, but over Kevin Owens and uh, a couple of the others. And I, I can't remember a couple of the other names, but again, like you're the people you're mentioning. So it's, it's like, even by salary, you're getting stuck between the main event picture and the mid card. Like, why do you, why do you, pigeonhole yourself like that and get stuck in exactly what they've been doing with the longest title reign in 35 years 
it, it doesn't have to be. You can still have great matches and great feuds with several different people. He doesn't have to just be the head of the table. And this isn't just for Roman Reigns. I mean, it, it could be for for any of them. Make make him not quite the unbeatable force, but the you have to defend your title on a reasonable and somewhat frequent basis and make your championship reign legitimate. Yeah, I think part of that's just the old school thinking, you know, because long title runs were common. You know, you look at like Bob Backlund, uh, gosh, I forget. He was either it was either 3 years or 6 years. You know, but even like Bruno San Martino, it was years, you know, of being mm-hmm. the champion. And, you know, I think that that's part of it is they kind of view it as, oh, you're the top guy. We need to put it on you. I think that the problem is, is that we as an audience have grown accustomed to title changes. I mean, that was part of the Attitude Era. You never knew who could win on any given night. Even during the Ruthless Aggression Era, you know, Cena lost the title here and there. I mean, you didn't see Cena have, you you might sit and go, well, gosh, Cena had these long runs, but no, he would lose the title on occasion, and then he would come back and win it back, you know, yep. which is why he's got like 16, you know, championships. Mm-hmm. It's because they did that, but I think that they, and then they run into the problem then of, too many people catching up to Flair, Flair's record too quickly. Yep. I mean, because you look at Cena with 16, I think like Triple H is at 12, you know, and that was part of that booking of we're going to let him lose the title, you know, maybe two, three months down the line, he regains it. Even Randy Orton is uh, like 13 or something. Yeah. But that's why they've ended up with those long reigns or large number of title reigns, I should say. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's, I think the, I think that's the problem. You either have a really long title reign, but then you've beaten anybody and it's kind of hard to believe anybody beats Roman Reigns or you're having him basically stack up a large number of title reigns, which is better, which is worse. I don't know. I'd think a mix of it um, because going back to your point of, you know, it could happen any day, any time as the big episode that they pre-taped uh, for SmackDown, which was the week before they went to Saudi Arabia and then aired the night before Elimination Chamber. Sami Zayn won the Intercontinental title from Shinsuke Nakamura. And of course, the spoiler was out the week before because the people at the event were like, hey, guess what? Sami Zayn wins the Intercontinental title at next week's SmackDown. And I know it's the Intercontinental title that is kind of one of those titles that should be defended on the shows and the pay-per-views, to be honest. But right before a major pay-per-view I know the belt wasn't on that pay-per-view, but sorry, <clears throat> got to back up live premium event. I'll get it sometime this year. So 
whatever. We'll see how it plays out. We'll keep kind of watching. Uh, I have seen zero wrestling this week, so I have no updates about shows. Apparently, uh, an AEW it's, uh, Dynamite this past Wednesday, CM Punk and MJF had uh, quite a uh, promo, so I'm looking forward to seeing that when I get around to it. Uh, otherwise, not much. I haven't seen anything of interest out of... Uh, any of the uh, WWE programming world, aside from their level up program that is now a thing instead of 205 Live. They finally killed 205 Live. It's level up. Hmm. So there's that. Hmm. Yeah, I don't really have anything to say. I mean, it kind of, kind of seems silly. But um, roundabout way of going back, biggest match of all time. No, it's not. So please stop. Uh, AEW news. Jeff Hardy. Last week, earlier this week, whatever it was. Apparently, Jeff Hardy goes, ah, I'm going to AEW. And then deletes that information. <laughs> uh, no, I was just uh, hypothetically saying I'm going to AEW. So, does he go there, hang out with Brother Matt, or just hang out? What do you think? I think this isn't really much of a news story. I mean, this is filling up my news feed and such. It's like, like, and everybody was making a big deal about it. It's like, of course he's going to go to AEW. You know, why wouldn't you, if you're Tony Khan, why wouldn't you sign both? Of the Hardy brothers. It's a smart deal. It would. It would. So to me, this was the most non news story of the week. Yeah, because that was uh, uh, Thursday when he confirmed. And then, uh, nope, nope. Just, uh, just kidding. Not. Not quite going to AEW. We'll see. Like, okay. My guess Whatever is that works. he was. My guess is that he was off on his uh, when his uh, no compete clause uh, was in mm. effect. Which is too bad that you know announcing that or forgetting or whatever, and then having that out there. So then, when his uh, debut actually shows up, I'm sure there'll be a big pop, but maybe not as big of a surprise or a pop when he actually shows up. Oh, well, uh, so I suppose in another month or two, we'll see him pop up in, huh? Pop up in AEW. Uh, final, just wrestling note before we move along. Cause I think we've talked about, uh, this enough for uh, this week. The, uh, schedule, to some degree has been uh, begun to be announced for the two-day stupendous dynamite WrestleMania, which I think is funny that they use the word dynamite in the promo. One of the wrestling pages that I follow took a screen cap of dynamite and confirmed AEW owned and run by WWE. You know, (laughs) Okay. 
like I get it. It's funny. But uh, night one will feature Charlotte and Ronda Rousey. Possibly having that as the main event for night one. And then night two, the main event will be the greatest wrestling match ever. Oh, sorry. Not the greatest. It's phrasing the biggest match of all time. Because we've already had the greatest wrestling match and, and everything. So again, champion versus champion winner take all on night two for your main event. Final thoughts there, Howie Blues. <laughs> He's just shaking his head like, hell no. We've already killed this horse and we're beating it senseless. Okay, how about something similar in the fact of not quite beating a dead horse, but swinging the old axe? The game earlier this week your Colorado Avalanche in Boston against the Bruins. This game was terrible officiating. Absolutely horrible. So you see at one point in later in the game, I believe it was in the third period, there's a face-off, right? Center ice. And official drops the puck. McKinnon is uh, there trying to take the... Uh, the face off and he's trying to get the, uh, the puck, but one of the Bruins players is being a jag off and is, uh, razzing him up. So McKinnon trying to get his stick down and trying to get control of the puck starts whacking away. And in that camera view, cause they have the center ice looking down camera on this in that camera view, it looks like McKinnon, is whacking the crap out of this uh, Bruins player, but then also hits a linesman is what it looks like. But if you watch it a few times, you see McKinnon never makes contact with the linesman, wasn't trying to hit the linesman, and doesn't even really make contact with the Bruins player. And it just so happens there's that clip in the comments. Did you get to, I know that you haven't been able to look at much, so you didn't get to see it. Okay. So your reaction to uh, basically the thought of a seasoned assistant captain like that, trying to take a swing basically with a stick at an official. I mean, well, I mean, he's, I, McKinnon is not a dirty player to begin with. You know, he he doesn't end up in the box a lot. So I think you had to take some of that into consideration. But I, I'm guessing that because I haven't you haven't quite finished the whole story on this, but I, I, I've seen a little bit of here in the run sheet. I'm guessing that he's going to end up with with a, a penalty off of this whole incident. Well, <laughs> They sort of did, but they sort of didn't. <laughs> and that's what I don't really understand. Uh, because the next game, uh, so the, this game in question with the Bruins was February 22nd, which uh, would have been on Tuesday. 
And then I'm trying to remember all my days in a row because uh, tonight they're playing, which breaking sports news for you. The Avs have now taken the lead in Colorado with 19 minutes, four seconds left in the third period. The Winnipeg Jets three, your Colorado Avalanche four. So there's that. But again, going back to the 22nd uh, when this was actually posted, the uh, NHL Hockey Operations posted a statement to the, quote, incident during that game. Here's the uh, quote for you. Quote, the safety of our on-ice officials is and always has been, or sorry, and has always been of paramount importance to us. In this regard, we have always exercised a zero-tolerance policy when it comes to any form of abuse of our officials. Last night, one of our officials was struck by a player with his stick immediately after a face-off. We immediately investigated the incident and, having conferred with the on-ice officiating crew and the NHL Officials Association, it has been determined that the player's intention was not to strike the official, but rather to initiate contact with the opposing player. Given this conclusion, it has been determined that no further discipline is necessary. This decision should in no way be seen as a diminution of our steadfast conviction to protect our officials. So that's the NHL's official statement regarding that. And again, for context, you watch you watch the damn video. And he gets hit, uh, McKinnon gets hit first by a shoulder or even a high stick. Depends on how you look at it. So McKinnon's sitting there going like this, starts trying to get engaged in the play. Like, come on. So overall, I think that the whole thing was stupid. Uh, I also saw comments from uh, Boston fans of he should be suspended. This is this is bullshit. Like, did you watch the same play that I did? Because apparently not. I don't know. Uh, I, I uh, in, in the time that I've been blabbing on, uh, I'm sure you haven't uh, been able to pull it up, and that's that's totally fine because. When you actually see the uh, clip, you're going to go. So how is this different from a normal face off? There's a little there's a little physicality with it, but. Is it over the top? I don't think so. And uh, that to me is just looking at the video, not seeing my favorite team against a bunch of cheaters. So that was my first reaction, just watching the video, right? But either way, uh, McKinnon was not in the lineup the other night uh, after the game. Uh, in fact, if I pull up the uh, the old schedule, because uh, everything kind of blends together. You know, we do the show and we're working and we're doing all the. There's just so much stuff, and so all these numbers blend together and. <laughs> I I feel that uh, I need to do a little bit better with paying attention to that sort of thing. Sorry, Howard. 
I apologize. Oh, it's all right. When I for the audience, uh, Gitter's doing a great job of carrying this show while I've been sitting here hacking and coughing up stuff. And yeah, so if you're if you're wondering, yes, I am still here and I am listening to all of this. I just uh, been struggling to uh, hold back the uh, the coughing. So okay, so I after pulling it up, you know, finally in the the old score roster and getting to it in the NHL uh, now home of the ESPN app. Again, that game, the Bruins took place on Monday the 21st. And McKinnon, I don't know if he was given a a game DQ or if he just didn't play because of uh, additional concern over that nasty stick hit to the face that he had last month. But Monday was the Bruins game in a terrible game that lost 5-1. to one. The officiating was absolutely atrocious. Then on Wednesday night, the Avalanche traveled to Detroit Rock City to play the Detroit Red Wings. Dinosaurs' favorite team. And guess what? The final there, Avalanche picking up the win 5-2. to two. And then, of course, tonight, Avalanche back home, up one goal, over the Jets, four to three, with nine twenty-six in the third tonight. So there's a couple little things, Avs update, and a couple big games coming up. I mean, they're all big games in the race for the Cup, but the Golden Showers will be uh, playing the Avs again, and we'll see how big of cheaters they are going to be in the uh, next game as well. Uh, well, I think that's enough for the Avs, unless. Uh, in your researching that you've been doing here, you have uh, something that you located there, Howie. He's muted. <laughs> yeah. I'm uh, watching a uh, quick video on the uh, McKinnon slash. And yeah, I mean, it, at least the angle that this commentator is using, it does look like um, McKinnon struck the linesman. I'm going to mute him because uh, he's kind of biased in his commentary. Uh, Bias for, in the media? No. Uh, this is just some schmuck on YouTube. You know, I say as another schmuck on YouTube. Um, <laughs> That makes two of us. Yeah, it, it it's it does look like he takes a swing at the official. It it does look like he was upset with the non call on the physicality in uh, um, the face off. Would I say that it was good for McKinnon to have done that? No, he uh, probably shouldn't have. But I don't think he actually hits the official because the official doesn't even react to it. So I'll put it this way. I'm glad he didn't hit the official and therefore is not suspended. However, do not take swings at officials. Right. And I'll leave it at that. That's from one official to another, right? Yeah. <laughs> 
with uh, loose quotations around official for at least one of one of the two of you. Uh, <laughs> but here's the thing, right? Uh, so just last month, uh, Brad Marchand, right, from the Bruins, gets into that altercation with one of the goalies, swinging his stick, punching him, all kinds of just stupid, stupid play, stupid action, right? He is the most suspended player in NHL history. Like, I can't believe they, they're making stats for that sort of thing, right? But he's number one, and he's still in the NHL. On top of it, he has forfeited, this is just the money that he's forfeited, $11.4 million out of his salary due to suspensions. That's not the money that he just doesn't make. That's how much they find him for total out of all of his suspensions. When, like, how many do you get? Because he's he's already got to be, I don't know, 8, 10 deep at this point. So how many do you have to get before the NHL is, yeah, nope, you're out of here. You You can't play here anymore. You're just too big of an asshole. I, I think the problem is is that you can have players who are very good players, but because they play aggressively, they're going to get suspended. Um, we have one of those on the abs. Nazem Kadri is one of those players. You know, <laughs> Poor Kadri. <laughs> yeah. He, uh, he's been suspended several times. And part of it is it's his aggressive play. Like, that happens when you play aggressively, you're going to get called, you're going to get penalties and you're going to get suspensions at, you know, at times. And I guess it also depends, you know, what these suspensions are for, you know, how egregious. Yeah. What I will say in defense of uh, Kadri is that a lot of his suspensions were earlier in his career and, uh, except for the one in the playoffs against the golden showers. Uh, I think all of them were before he was with the avalanche and right. after, especially after that period where he was not able to play in the playoffs. And obviously that was the end of the av season that year. Uh, well, last year <laughs> it was already last year. Um, he, not only felt bad from, and this is again, third party information, right? Because we're not uh, BFFs with the avalanche players as much as uh, I look like either uh, Nathan McKinnon or Kale McCarr's brother, which would be cool. But apparently he's not only been feeling you know bad about that, wanting to work on his game, but on top of it, He's worked with some of the other training coaches and officials that the Avalanche have, and he's honed that wherever that energy was coming from that made him snap or act that way. And he's started to focus into other areas of his game, and he's really improved. Uh, He's on pace to break his career records for goals this year. with hell, how many of the games do they say we're in? We're 80 some games in, and there's another, 
I don't know, what, 30 games left in the season, something like that. And he's already, I think, over 20 goals for this season. And his career high was 29, I think. So if if he keeps playing like he's been playing, being that all-star player, he's going to break some some of his career records and you know continue being that uh, key for the Avalanche. So uh, it's it's kind of fun to watch him play too. You know him and McKinnon, McCarr, Landeskog. You get them on a line and Rantanen, Nachushkin. You get all these guys lined up. And just watching them intermix, and then we can't forget our about our boy Josty Tyson Jost getting a goal again against Detroit. So, way to go, Jost and uh, Avs. If any of you are uh, listening to this, make sure you get this to the you know Joe Sackick, Jared Bednar. Just this clip right here. Don't trade Tyson Jost. There you go. Go Sue. <laughs> but anyway, any final thoughts on, on that uh, before I give you some breaking sports news? What? You're almost done? I'm almost done that- with this. Trying to trying to stay alive uh, in this show. Um, yeah. So as, as you were making uh, that astute point, I wasn't going to interrupt you with breaking sports news. But it's good that I didn't because now at home, the Winnipeg Jets, three, Colorado Avalanche, six, nice. six, four, six, 49 left. We're under that now. Cause that was, you know, 30 seconds ago, but I uh, am out of my margarita. And before we continue on to a little bit more hockey action, with uh, you and a good story. Got to grab another another beverage here because I don't want to <clears throat> start coughing and uh, all of that good stuff. Uh, so, okay. This one is uh, another of the Zing Zangs. This one is a Bloody Mary. Give this guy a shot. So, we're we're mixing uh, Mexico with with Russia, I guess. So we'll see how that goes. So this one is a, a Bloody Mary, and again made with the award-winning Bloody Mary mix from Zing Zang, made with vodka. It is vodka, and this uh, I'm trying to get it to focus, and it kind of focusing there. Good enough. All right. So this contains alcohol, obviously, 9% alcohol per volume and 12 fluid ounces on this bad boy. This one also says it to shake well. Uh, please, please drink Zing Zang responsibly, or please Zing Zang responsibly, I should say. And uh, shake well before opening. Best enjoy cold. So I'm really hoping that this one doesn't uh, do what it kind of did with the, the margarita because obviously it's you know tomato or or uh, various uh, things so how about i try and get this <laughs> in the right order here huh so there's there's the the back and and again the the please zing zang responsibly howard i need you to zing zang responsibly it was it wasn't focused i and refuse then it went focus. whatever 
<clears throat> Again, wearing the white jersey, I'm taking a risk here. <laughs> oh, okay, that wasn't bad. Very, very little carbonation compared to uh, what the other one was. So, again, this is the uh, Bloody Mary, and ooh, it's got a nice spice to the the, the scent there. You love a good Bloody Mary now and again, don't don't you, Howard? I do. I actually have a very good recipe for Bloody Marys. Hmm. I haven't made them in a while. Oh, that's good. Hmm. I think you're going to like these. What I could say is there's a little bit too much of a hint of maybe celery or the celery salt, a little overpowering, but the spice, mm, that's good. It's like just the right spice. And uh, the, like the flavor is really good. Get your tomato, tomato of the Bloody Mary and the uh, little punch of vodka, but it's not so much where the t- the potato is hitting you in the face, because you never you never like when a potato hits you in the face, mm. or a lemon, or a lemon, bastard lemons. I love lemon. <laughs> I'm gonna bring one of these for you too. Okay. Did you? Uh... I know yes. you saw the thumbnail uh, for this <laughs> yep. week's episode. Did you notice how the lemon made it onto the uh, the fighter select screen? Right above, right above the murder bird. Yep. Mm-hmm. Notice yep. there were three three Howard variants on there, so nice costume options. Yeah, you know you got to have current Howard, Howard Deref, and future Howard. Mm. So. Yeah, there was also a Natty Light Seltzer on there as well. Cherry Lime. Uh-huh. That, that asshole of a static, nasty drink. <sighs> Speaking of which, is there going to be uh, anybody visiting your house anytime soon that you don't really like? Well, you're coming over tomorrow. I know, but uh, I could bring because there's one left and I could bring it. I'm not going to drink it, but I could bring it for that person that you don't really like. Um, And let's be honest, if you didn't like me, I don't think we would be on the cusp of 59 actual episodes after three. It would have been like, (laughs) I'm going to get the hell out of here. Don't call me. I'll call you. I don't yeah, know. Be there? My dad is going to be there, uh, but I don't <laughs> think he would drink it. My my thought, kidders, we just need something controversial to bet on. Like when we did uh, Star Wars versus Star Trek and the loser has to drink that. I, I like the idea of handing it off to somebody else. Uh, and we can't we can't give it to uh, Lane because he's already seen the episode of where that can tried to or that beverage tried to kill me on a side note uh rude boy kyle just sent me a message maybe a a new beverage review for the show hard mountain dew i've seen some ads for that no yeah 
Does it look good? I mean, it, obviously, it's hard to think that looks good being a beverage, but well, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, it's a slick looking box. I, I like the uh, graphic design of it. I can tell you that much. Hmm. But I haven't uh, tried anything else or seen anything else. There was a there was a company that was making a uh, alcoholic Mountain Dew beverage. Um, and I had that a couple of times. And that wasn't too bad. I think I remember because it wasn't Mountain Dew the brand, or was it? It was it like wasn't right. It was like Mountain Dew hard uh, soda it, or, or hard whatever. Yeah, I think I had that one too because it was kind of a cream colored can. Yeah, or it, or a black can with the script writing on it. Yeah, I can't remember the exact title, but it was by the same guys who did um, "Not Your Dad's Root Beer." Yes, but it was—I yep. I can't remember if it was "Not Your Dad's Mountain Dew" or something close not enough. Your, not your father's citrus soda, maybe something. Future mm-hmm. Howard, uh, <laughs> right there, buddy, right there. Put put it up. Save us on this one. Uh, yeah, so. No, that could be interesting. My only uh, my only concern with it is, you know, if it's a caffeinated beverage, uh, we record this show quite late, Kidder. Um, I, I kind of need to sleep. You sure you don't want to be up till like four? I'm pretty sure. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Fair enough. I guess there's uh, always next time. How about an old-fashioned? Just an old-fashioned, not old-fashioned root beer, or not your father's old-fashioned root beer or something. What about just a good old, old-fashioned, huh? I mean, it could be good. I do love a good old-fashioned. And again, if you're in central North Dakota and you want a tasty old-fashioned, head over to Thomas and Moriarty's right on Main Street, Mandan. Very delicious old-fashioned. And, of course, you can get the whiskey or bourbon of your choice. Get it the way you want it. No freaking cherry! Because they don't put them in there. That's how you make it old-fashioned. Imagine that! I thought about tilting my head like I was imagining, you know, doing kind of a... Well, Kidder, I got one more uh, hockey story for you. Um. Because I, th- there was something that happened the last day of the hockey tournament, and even though we did the short little update and put that in last week's episode, I, I didn't mention this one because we were trying to be quick. Um, but I thought it was worth, worth sharing because it's uh, a great example of, like, parents, please pay attention to your kids. So uh, it, was, it was Saturday, um, and it was... One of the period breaks. It was either the period break of the first game or the second game. I can't remember which. The days all kind of ran together. But here's the important thing. I set my playlist, so my music is going to play during the break. I'm going to run to the bathroom quick. um, Because that's about the only time I had to have a pee break. And uh, go into... um, in the All Seasons Arena, the VFW All Seasons Arena, there is a 
a small bathroom down at ice level kind of under the stands a little bit on so that's where i was going and i walk into the bathroom and there's a kid with a mullet leaning against the wall <laughs> and he kind of looks at me with a bit of shock as I kind of come around to see if there's anybody, you know, using the urinal, he's got a buddy who is standing kidder on the urinal, looking over into the stall, looking down. And you could hear the noise of somebody pulling at the toilet paper in the stall. And I see this situation and uh, I, I just, I just said, do I even want to know what you guys are doing? The kid on the urinal like turns around like, oh my God. Um, what? I said, well, I asked if I even want to know what you're doing, but um, get down. <laughs> kid climbs down. They quickly left the bathroom. But it's like, uh, parents, pay attention to your kids. Do you think I mean, the parents were even there? I don't know, but... Hoodlum kids. This is why we can't have nice things. Get off my lawn. Right. But, you know, kid are like, who thinks I'm going to stand on the urinal? Sometimes that's the last thing that goes through their mind because then, you know, being a urinal and not shaped for standing, you slide off of it and uh, go flailing through the air and either crack your head open on the floor or the urinal itself and. Then you end up in the hospital and your parents are like, what were you doing? And I just slipped in the bathroom. Mm. Yeah. Mm. It just, I don't know, stupid kids. So one other just weird, interesting story from last weekend. I think that fits into the category of how you always attract the weirdos. Yep. Can't even use the bathroom in peace. I mean, that one, the, the weirdos like attracted you in because you're like, oh, I got to go to the bathroom. And little did you know that it was a trap. Yeah. A weirdo trap. Yeah, I, I didn't stick around to figure out what all was going on with that situation, but I'm just like, I got to get back to the box. Mm -hmm. So here's the, here's the uh, important question. I mean, there are many questions that are important that could be asked, but this one, <clears throat> first one to my mind after you say all of that and the weirdo attraction, what two cities were playing at the time? Do you remember which schools were playing anyway? I mean, even the cities, some of them have well, multiple teams. As I said, I can't remember which game it was. So it was either Minot and Bismarck or it was... Mandan and Botno. We may never know. <laughs> I love it. Oh, 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 hold on. Breaking sports news for you. Winnipeg Jets visiting the Colorado Avalanche in Denver, Colorado. Winnipeg 3. Your Colorado Avalanche, six. That is the final, folks. Gabriel Landeskog, your number one star. You know why? He got a hattie. Three goals. Thank you very much. Good job to the captain. He's been on a hell of a tear. 
Pavel Franzos with 25 saves this evening. Uh, what the hell is his name? Hellebuke, the goalie for uh, Winnipeg. 35 saves tonight. So abs look like they were peppering the shots a little bit there tonight in the mile high city. Thank you very much. But uh, the cool thing that uh, I know you probably know they're Howie blues, but maybe our viewers or listeners don't know is that every hat trick that an avalanche player gets the avalanche donate as in uh Crunky Sports Charities. They donate 500 new Avalanche hats to the Denver Rescue Mission. And obviously not the first one this year, not the last one, I certainly hope. But uh, way to go, Avalanche. And uh, cool thing, because, you know, if you're uh, down in your luck, having a bad time uh, in the life or whatnot, and needing some assistance, you know, getting a crisp new avalanche hat, uh, at least give you a little bit of pep in your step. So good on them for continuing to do that. And uh, way to go cap for making it happen there. Not much left on the list here, uh, Jaco, but we got ourselves a couple things as I'm reaching for a transition here. <laughs> I, I see what you did there. I, I, I see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, I wanted to talk about Kidder. Uh, the missus and I started a uh, a new show. There is a new uh, series on Amazon Prime called Reacher, and it is based off of the Lee Childs uh, character um, from his novels, uh, Jack Reacher. Uh, which you might remember, there were a pair of Tom Cruise movies made uh, about Jack Reacher. There were two of them. Uh, the first one did all right. The second one, I haven't even seen it. Um, it wasn't that bad. Could have been no, worse. No, it 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 wasn't that bad. It just I think it came out at a bad time for me to go see a movie. Um, you know. Um, and really, like the biggest complaint that I think most people had about Tom Cruise playing it was Tom Cruise is not built to be Jack Reacher. Um, Tom Cruise is five foot seven. Uh, Jack Reacher is six foot five. So, yeah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so so I, I saw that there was this uh new series out and uh the wife and I we decided to check it out. Uh at least we got through the first episode. I think it's all of ten episodes this first season. It has already been renewed for a second season. Um, but we watched the first one. Sorry, cough break. Um and uh, the the interesting thing is the the whole season is basically adapting the, um, the novel the the Killing Floor, which is the first Jack Reacher book. And uh, I got to say, Kidder, it's really good. I'm I was a little disappointed. I, I haven't got to watch another uh, episode of it. Um, the guy whose name I'm blanking because I'm sick and tired um who plays jack reacher 
um, does this fantastic job of playing the character. I, I've read one of the, the Reacher novels, and I enjoyed it. Um, but one of the, the classic things in a Jack Reacher novel is, um, and they're all from first person, but it's always like in a, a confrontation where people are asking Reacher questions, and it's just the line, I said nothing. And it's this kind of silent act that he plays to kind of see how things play out and just tries to dominate the scene with his presence. And they, they capture that really well in the first episode. So. Hmm. Very good. I know I've been wanting to take a look at that uh, series, especially with uh, enjoying the Tom Cruise uh, books or not books, the uh, two movies that he was in, but <clears throat> You know, maybe uh, what you couldn't see outside the, the camera angle was Oprah's couch underneath Tom Cruise, and that made him 6'5". Yeah. Um, I, I will say, I, I uh, the one bit of criticism I have of the first episode, um, in, in, in writing and novel writing, you can have your character be proactive or reactive. So a, a proactive character is kind of always moving forward. He's trying to solve the problem, trying to get done. Um, the simplest example would be James Bond. Bond is assigned a mission. Every action he takes is trying to get to completing his mission. Right? He might have a couple of sidetracks. He might have a couple of things that he reacts to, things that don't go oh, his way. But for the most money. part, he's heading that way. And then there are reactive characters. These are characters who just kind of don't do anything and just kind of react to all the things that happen to them. And typically, we don't, as an audience, we don't tend to like reactive characters. Uh, those plots seem a bit boring, a bit tiresome. Because we, we just as human beings, we, we like our stories to be moving forward and so you want those proactive characters i totally get it and i i agree with you keep it moving yeah so the problem that i have with the, at least the first episode of what i've seen is that in the first episode reacher is a reactive character <laughs> and hey someone just joined the call hello got us a Got a surprise guest. How are you guys? Howie Blues is, is diagnosing Reacher and being reactive. He's a Reacher, a reactive Reacher. Okay. <laughs> As if that explains it, but nice. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, one, one time as any to join the call, I guess. So, <laughs> yeah. How are you guys? Uh, We'll talk about reaching and then and then rude boy Kyle comes in for the for the swing. <laughs> Excellent timing. Mm -hmm. Excellent, yes. Um yeah, we were just talking about the uh the series Reacher on Amazon Prime. Because I've checked sure. out an episode of it. And what I was getting at is kind of the first episode, Reacher is just reactive. Like he wants nothing to do with the the murder that is the inciting incident. He just wants to get out of town as quickly as he can. And so 
it gets a little annoying because there's people constantly asking him for help or to be involved. And he's like, no, uh, no, I'm not going to get involved. I'm not going to get involved. And then by the end of the first episode, the, the kind of big twist at the end of the first episode, it's clear to see that that switch is going to change and he's now going to get involved in that. But for the first episode, that was kind of like the one thing that was just kind of a, a drag on it. But mm. I'm excited to see what episode two brings. But I mean, that is, as I said, that is kind of a minor critique of it. Otherwise, very well done. Uh, the action scenes are really great in it uh, as well. So I'm enjoying it. Good. Um, uh, like I said, uh, uh, obviously, Ruboy didn't get to hear that, but I haven't seen it. I've seen the ads for it uh, in pulling up uh, the fire stick or, or, well, fire cube, all that, watching various things, including uh, Star Trek Discovery as we continue trudging through season four of that. But before we get on to that, just if there's anything else that uh, either you wanted to talk about Reacher. Kyle, have you seen The Reacher? No, I I have not myself, but uh, from what uh, Mr. Howie Blues has said, uh, it seems like the overall theme of how shows are going these days are going towards maybe younger audiences than what we're used to. Um, so a lot of times people like to maybe judge on how other people react. Um, you're not really getting a genuine story out of someone, but you're, you're going for the instant reaction type feel the, the, what did this person think of what this other person thought or how they acted? So it's. It's it's just a new way of doing things, and it's not necessarily my cup of tea. But sometimes they eventually blend that into a an audience to try and grab the the people that are used to more uh, dramatic TV that uh, really are invested in a storyline, uh, character development, that sort of thing. But uh, sometimes shows will uh, evolve over time and and not necessarily be the the true feel of the show uh, season one or even season two because uh, they're just going for those ratings on on the initial uh, broadcast or uh, streaming debut so that's kind of my feel out of it yeah I, I think part of it is is that the way that they have structured trying to adapt this novel is I think they clearly wanted that plot twist at the end of the first episode. And so, and I haven't read that novel. So that could be one of those things where it's like, maybe in the book, it's like, well, all of this happened in the first three chapters or the first two chapters, but we're stretching it out. And so, you get a lot more of, as I said, his hesitancy to get involved with what's going on. It could just be a bad pacing thing, but I think overall, as I said, it's um, it's good, and the actor that they got playing Reacher is fantastic. He fits the role. I mean, he yeah. is giant compared to everybody else. 
it's yeah and it's it's something that uh i think that you you might be in the uh maybe less than five percent minority of someone who uh may have read a book before they saw the movie or the tv show so it's uh it's something that um you you draw your own conclusions from from reading a book and you might read it two three four times and um just kind of evolve but uh when when you see a tv show it's it's kind of something that if it's the first time happening you're you're wanting to post online and who who did who did so and so think about reacher so it's like oh yeah, yeah it's I, I I don't know. I I'll form my own opinions and <laughs> in, enjoy it on my own pace. And if if you read a book, sometimes you you don't I, have that outside noise of. I of, post uh, them on Twitter. If you like it, you like it. If you yeah, don't, so it, go somewhere else. Yeah, it's it's just something that uh, it's it seems like it's a, a a shorter or smaller uh, portion of the audience that has uh invested before they've they've seen a show or or movie that has read a book so they have an idea what to expect so they might have some preconceived notion of what is going to happen or what to expect but uh that's that's part of the entertainment business i guess what was interesting when you said about the uh you know slow methodical and uh reactive going for the big big reaction this is the over yeah. over emotion sharing it brings me to the star trek portion that i wanted to uh bring up because discovery the fourth season is getting close to wrapping up because i mean as this airs it has wrapped up already in the you know 10 episode season so many episodes settle down but the whole season, and they even took a mid-season break over Christmas, which, again, a waste of time. Most of these episodes are throwaway episodes with throwaway characters, garbage for writing. The, they start out the season with the biggest threat to the universe. It's this unknown thing, and it's just devouring whole systems and it's coming for you and your family and they're like what is it i don't know what is it well it's this thing it's over here what's this going on i don't know and then so they go out and they're trying to figure it out and yeah you can use that uh, sound bit for pretty much everything like tasman <laughs> inserts tasmanian devil over the top i don't know <laughs> but that's how they are. They're like, this is the greatest mystery ever since last season when the universe is going to explode. We don't know. And then now at episode 10, they are now going to try and do something about it. But every episode, they're, uh, the captain at least is like <laughs> about something. And then you have everybody else on the crew like, Oh, it's okay. It's okay. I hate your opinion on this. I hate your opinion on that. We have to work together. You're right. We should work together. I'm like, what the f is this? I'm sorry, future Howard. Uh, uh, he's shaking his head. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. 
Well, that's, it, that's how agitated I am. And and then you comment like they had a a picture. It was fine Booker's ship in the the picture, right? And so I comment on there. I'm like, hopefully it's gone, just like where most of these writers and uh, uh, storytellers producers will go after writing such weak episodes and topics having no point or direction and some people are like you could take your your pissy opinion and go elsewhere i'm like this is the internet buddy you don't like yeah. it go <laughs> you go somewhere else this is this is my thread to Paramount, I didn't call out you and your stupid username PX38214 because that's a unique username. Sorry. I. It's like there's a cherry in my old-fashioned or something. I just completely <laughs> went off the rails there. But I want to watch it. I want to love it. I love Star Trek. But with Discovery, they're doing such stupid stuff. Like, this is a Starfleet crew. It's not a bunch of people that got thrown on a ship that have never been in the military before. And they're like, we should be friends. Oh, that would be so great. I'm going to be your friend, too. Ah! Really? Go back and watch any of the other series. Go off of that. Oh, yeah. You can have a fun friendly professional relationship with your crewmates and be that tight-knit family but you're damn professionals you're doing a job like hey there's starfleet we got a job to do we got to go take care of this i don't care some of us might die it happens we're gonna mourn about it after the fact but you know what we're gonna go do it we're gonna blow some shit up it's gonna happen we're gonna make it it's gonna be great we're gonna solve it and this one well it's the greatest a mystery to the universe and we're all going to die and we'll get to it sometime in the next five weeks. Yeah, that's, that's kind of the, the difficult uh, aspect of <laughs> watching TV shows that you, you, you tell yourself that you should enjoy them and you expect to enjoy them. And then you get let down by either the, a weak plot development or weak character development or uh, it, it just feels like you're watching the show because you should um, the, when, when you went on those those very detailed rants of uh, of how you, you feel like you should enjoy a show but you, you didn't really have a timeline of of uh, how or when things should happen, um, it it brought me back to uh, back when I was younger. I I watched the show Twenty Four on Fox. Has a lot of mixed reviews. I really enjoyed it myself because uh, you at least had a timeline for the season. You had a feel of what was going on. You had a a, a semi concrete goal of what was going to, or at least the the main character wanted to have happen. Um, 
but at least it was it was driven to the point where you were constantly reminded throughout the season this is where we are on the 24 hour clock um some people like that format it was fairly uh i mean it really wasn't done before in terms of a season that was driven on a a one day thing but uh it was something at least you you had something to hold on to uh, for the next episode, because it's like, well, this person had their difficulties. This person had their successes. Um, you you really had something to look forward to, whereas I I I have no knowledge of what series you're talking about, so I can only associate with what I think might associate with uh it's available now on paramount plus everywhere except for overseas where you have to watch it on netflix or one of the other apps that's available like pluto (laughs) Uh, but it it was was something that you you had a timeline to be excited for at the time Mm -hmm. because they were under a time crunch um so it was i mean it's uh it's tough to say because I think a lot of times they they do produce episodes that are literally time fillers and don't yeah. really provide any solid content for for people to watch. But it's just That's something half that, this season with Discovery. Uh, and I might I might have to turn it on and tune in because <laughs> um, if you like. The captain crying every episode about something, including her stupid relationship with this guy yeah. that she met in the future, and because they're you know they're working together, and then oh, we're all we're uh, and then, and then well, the, now, now that I think of it, it, it's something that we we had Discovery Plus for the past. Well, we had it for a year, thanks to Verizon, uh, and we had they they wanted us to pay for it after one year, so we ended up canceling it. So, um, oh, this is Paramount Plus, Ruboy. Oh, Paramount show, Plus. Well, well, then the show is Discovery. Oh, dis- <laughs> the show. He's it getting show, it He's shows my la- it shows my lack of knowledge for uh, <laughs> uh, not only the name of the show but also the context. But um, it's like South Park post COVID, the return of COVID. <laughs> Paramount plus plus discovery minus plus. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, if it's uh whatever uh, streaming service is brought to you by viewers like you. So yeah, view- viewers How's like the iced me. tea there, Howie. Uh, Not to change ne- something nearly, abruptly. Ne- nearly gone. So oh. that's good. You're getting your fluids in. I'm happy for you because then they'll they'll make you feel big, strong, big and strong. Gotta stay hydrated. But with with discovery, I mean, uh, it, it the time thing is so skewed. They're like, ah, here it's a couple months, and then like this is one day, and then this is three hours. Like it's it's all over the place, just like the writing, just like the themes for the episode, and oh, we got to have character development with these two people. Or have a moment with that person. To give you an idea, some of the bridge crew who are the main people on the bridge, like your tactical officer or your navigator or your science officer, 
a couple of them didn't have names until season three. What? Come on. This is this is absolute dog shit. Like who? Why are these people in charge of writing this? Because the level is so low that it shouldn't be called Star Trek. I would like to go back in time to when uh, CBS, Paramount, etc. were making Enterprise and they decided to cancel it to then buy the franchise and keep making the series because it would have been better to keep going than the trash heap that we have now. What I have to look forward to is we talked about a couple episodes ago with Strange New Worlds, which will tell some tales of Captain Christopher Pike and the Enterprise before Kirk came aboard and around. And I hope that they don't have that completely screwed up. And Picard. Kyle's laughing at me because uh, it, it, it's just something that it, it makes me wonder, writers. like, like has, has like how many different of these uh, either streaming or TV shows or series have have left you uh, at the end disappointed or uh, just frustrated in terms of uh, why why did I sink so much time so much of my free time into uh, to watching yeah. this. I think a lot of it is because like Discovery started out as a prequel to the original series. It was after Enterprise, but it was before the original series. Okay. So number one problem, because you're creating history that has been referenced in the series that have aired to date and the movies. But now they're in the future, way beyond everything, but they still were in the past and screwed everything up there. And so that was here, but they can't talk about it because of this, because now they went to the future and saved this and this. And so let's just move the coconuts around and nobody knows because it's just garbage writing. Instead, we could have made stuff in the future and just made whatever we want, like Star Trek Picard. They legitimately did the time between the last next generation movie in 2002 star trek nemesis to 2019 when they produced the first season of picard so patrick stewart had the natural aging of that time and had that time period still open for anything to happen and so we can write new history new star trek great now We'll see what happens in season two because Q is involved. So there's going to be some time travel and timey-wimey and mess this up and back and forth. And I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I mean, it's already out when this is out. But, you know, basically mm -hmm. one week for me to be able to see it. And then we'll talk about it again. But that's, that's enough of that. Um, it's kind of like in the overall spectrum of how I feel about it. Cause I, I know Jake, you watched house of cards and you got me into house of cards and you really enjoyed the beginning of house of cards. Okay. One season. Okay. So you enjoyed one season of house of cards. Yes. That hooked me. I enjoyed it. And then the whole thing with Kevin Spacey is what it is. They, pff, with the last season, 
it's garbage. And that's, to me, what they have done with Star Trek. Not just because they can't write about this character. It's just the writing is that bad. And sure, they rewrite stuff and it's quick. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think uh, even though I think the corporate aspect of writing a prequel series uh, seems like on paper, it seems like it's the easiest because you have knowledge of what happens in the future. But I think it's the most difficult in terms of trying to uh, seamlessly weave stories, characters, and the development of all of that so that it makes sense in the viewer's mind because you have prior knowledge of what happens, but that's in the future in terms of timelines. Mm -hmm. Whereas like you said, uh, if you were to write things more in the future, you have a blank notebook in front of you. You have unlimited creativity as opposed to trying to weave this basket of creativity into this tight knit web into what this character becomes uh, six months from now, but it's been broadcast 10, 15 years ago. So it's you there's it's just the the cognitive bias of of expectations. Uh, you, you have a lot going against you if you're trying to make a prequel as opposed to something that happens a generation or two in the future. Yeah. Best example is the original series, 1967, right? So obviously <clears throat> 55 years ago from when we're recording this. And then even going back to when Enterprise debuted as going back before the original series, everybody dogged the sets and whatnot because they looked more futuristic because they were in high definition and had flashing LEDs and whatnot because of the current technology. But you have to make it kind of look interesting and not old for people to watch. So that looks more futuristic, but yet it's a hundred years before Kirk's era on the enterprise. And then you, continue again 20 years later from enterprise and you are now after that and the sets are all jj abrams lens flares i mean it looks like jj abrams is there with uh with uh, uh michael bay and there's explosions and everything and the bridge is giant and every everybody's got emotions over the top like they need to all take a zoloft and calm down and then this is between Enterprise and uh, the original series, but none of these ships look anything like any of the other ships in the canon, which whatever. But then they're trying to write other people into the universe, but tie them to the familiar characters. And, and then that's a bunch of garbage. It's just it's just convoluted stupidity. So let's figure figure it out. Fix it. Keep going. Right direction. Right to the future. Yeah. Skip the rest of the stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's you, you see, you, I, I get the same feel of what you're describing 
when when they play clips of uh, sports highlights from the '90s uh, in current day footage, it's the four by three format, the square TV. It has this grainy, old looking film on it. Like and it's VHS like thing. I remember seeing the same looking footage back when I was alive in the '90s, when they were playing footage from back in the '80s and the '70s. Back in my day, so it's it's like the, obviously there's some production post production value of trying to uh, spark the uh, antiquated senses of back in the day, but. Uh, yeah, it's 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 something that it's it's very easy to overdo it and to do it in a way that doesn't really uh bring the the memories of uh watching a, a series that has this prelude that's way overdone way uh under talented in terms of uh, story writing, progress development, characters, uh, the whole gamut. But uh, so here's a question I, for current Howard. Yeah. Can 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 future Howard put a a film grain on Rude Boy Kyle for that whole segment? Or maybe for, from now for the next five minutes, uh, every time, <laughs> or just a couple times that he talks, just just to make him look old timey and and like uh, back in the good old days when I used to watch a tube TV, something like that. <laughs> I'm just, sure we, we have that. the technology. I'm just I had genuine wood trim around my tube TV. <laughs> Smelled like oak and hickory. <laughs> Well, speaking of the old time, I hear that uh, the the moon is out and there's some werewolves howling. Ow! Wow, we have uh, <laughs> apparently improved our sound effect budget. <laughs> That's the value that Rude Boy brings to the show. <laughs> He's got I got sound effects for days. Just watch out! He's gonna pull out the. Uh, the uh, uh, Casio board on the side and start pushing the hotkeys and <laughs> we're going to end up with, with a real sound effect budget pretty quick. <laughs> I'd be willing yeah. to help. Whatever helps. No, uh, Kitter, what you are referring to, uh, I put on the run sheet, uh, managed to get a new board game played. Uh, last weekend, and it's this one right here. It's called One Night Ultimate Werewolf. Ultimate uh, Werewolf. If you've ever played regular Werewolf or the other variation of it, Mafia, um, which is both are social deduction games where usually you have a couple people are playing as either the werewolves or mobsters, depending on which version you play, and everybody closes their eyes, the werewolves pick a couple people to die. Everybody opens their eyes. Those people are dead, and you're trying to figure out who who are the werewolves. This uh, takes that game that can go hours and boils it down to a single round that can be played in like 
I think we were playing rounds in about 10 minutes. So very quick one. Um, we had a lot of fun with it. It adds a lot of different roles. And so you're just trying to figure out who the werewolf is and vote them off. But at the same time, at the same it's time, you have all of, it's okay. Yeah, you have all these different roles that can affect it because you look at your card, you put it down, everybody closes their eyes, the werewolves get to open and see who the werewolves are, but then like the next one is the seer. And the seer gets to look at somebody else's card or two cards in the middle. You have a robber who can take their card and trade it with somebody else's and see what that role is. You have the troublemaker who just takes two people's cards and flips them. Um, there's the tanner, which the tanner just hates his job and just wants to die, so he's trying to convince people to vote him. Classic tanner. Yeah, you, you have all of these kind of things happen, and then when everybody wakes up, you have five minutes to kind of discuss and try and figure out what happened throughout the night and try to deduct who's the werewolves and, and such. And uh, it's a lot of fun. You get a lot of lying, a lot of bluffing in there. Um, the uh, the interesting thing was when we played, it was uh, my wife and I, my mother-in-law, father-in-law, my sister-in-law, and her husband. And usually Aaron is the, uh, the wild card, the loose cannon. Um, but I don't know what game my mother-in-law was playing. But, like, she would just refuse to give information. Like, she'd say, yeah, I was the robber, but I switched cards. Okay, so you switched to a so-and-so? Yep. So what's your card now? Not saying. We need to know. <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, she just kept withholding information for no real reason whatsoever. Um, which was a bit frustrating at times. Um, but overall, a great game. We played, gosh, we probably played 20, 30 rounds of it last weekend. So it's a good one. It's a good one, especially if you have a large group of people. So, yeah, I decided to share that. Nice. That's interesting. That kind of reminds me of the, uh, there's a, a Steam game called Tabletop Simulator, and you can there's there's people that develop games for this because uh, it's essentially develop and uh, design whatever uh, game board you want. It can be Monopoly, it can be traditional games, but it can be uh, also uh, other things. And there's this one called Secret Hitler. <laughs> And uh, essentially, it's a game where you have uh, liberals versus the fascists. Um, and the game ends in a liberal victory if, the five, if there's five different liberal policies that are enacted or if Hitler's assassinated. Um, but the game ends in a fascist victory if either six fascist policies are enacted, Hitler wins an election as the chancellor at any time after the third fascist party has been enacted. So it's it's kind of a a game of like you said, it's it's a little bit of deception, a little bit of lying, a little bit of uh throwing your own people under the bus. 
Um, but I, I've seen people play it online and they, they really get into the, the whole act of, uh, um, I mean, nobody knows except for the fascists when they begin the game, uh, who the secret Hitler is, but you're not also trying to convince the other players in the game that you're not a fascist. So it's, it's, a. Uh, it's a lot of uh, backstabbing, uh, double speak. Um, it's it's interesting to watch if if you had the time to to watch a, a game of it played on on whatever online streaming platform. But it's it's something that um, yeah, the, the tabletop simulator. There's different cards that are played, and you you vote on things. Um, so it's, it kind of reminded me of what you, you described as, the the short little quick rounds of deception, uh, withholding information. So it's, yeah, it was something that reminded me of that. Yeah. Well, and there is a, a card game, like secret Hitler is an actual card game. You can oh, yeah. purchase. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, this one's probably a bit more closer if I wanted to do a video game analogy to the uh, game Among Us, if you're familiar with that one. Oh, yeah. Among it, Us. It's a, it's a bit like that. Um, there are certain mods out there for Among Us that introduce additional roles like Sheriff and Jester and all of that. And that's really close to what this is in some regards. Well, Kidder, you had the last topic on the run sheet. Oh, Yeah. I was letting you guys talk about board games and stuff because, you know, me and board games. I made that joke in, I don't know, like the third episode, so you can go back and, and find that joke. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So the the rundown got changed for some reason. Somebody else went in and, and did some some editing because, first of all, it's an addiction. And I want everyone listening or watching to know that if you have an addiction, you can get help and you can get off or manage your addiction and and really seek the core problem. So please seek some help if you are addicted to something. One eight hundred bets off. Oh, I thought this was a points bet plus or minus for the evening of if I would have two or three boxes of cookies behind me. Yes, it's I can't seasoned tell. again. I am I am uh, happy because I got my stash today. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> got the old GS cookies. So you got the lemon ups, the classic thin mints right here. And the Girl Scout s'mores, which uh, are a couple years uh, ago when they introduced those. Very, mm. very tasty. Um, and I have to share that I got the personalized note with this one. Thank you for buying the Girl Scout cookies from Emerson. So 
You're welcome, Emerson. Thanks for feeding my need for some tasty cookies. <laughs> and uh, if if you want uh, some of them, their cookies, I'm sure you have a salesperson near you. <laughs> so it's that time of the year to stock up, boys and girls. Or uh, should I say, it's time to get your booties on because it's cold outside. It's cold outside every day. I won't go through the whole rest of it because we know that it was Groundhog Day earlier this month, <laughs> last month. <laughs> Groundhog what, Day. What, one of my coworkers is actually a uh, extra with his brother and his dad in the uh, movie Groundhog's Day. Where so was he, he extraing at the Punxsutawney Phil Festival at uh, the park or on the street? Do you know? These are important uh, details. He was on the street. Uh, apparently, it was the one, or maybe basically one of the scene where they're in the background of when uh, they stepped in, or uh, Ned Ryerson stepped in the, or uh, <laughs> in the puddle. The, the, the Ned Ryerson <laughs> scene where Ryerson! where the main character steps in the in the puddle. Nino's Ned, so, Ned the head. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but. Yeah, he he told me a story. He was probably only like less than ten years old at the time, but it was uh, it was entertaining because he's saying he got the chat with uh, Bill Murray and all the main characters on the scene. But uh, yeah, it's that's his one of his claims to fame. So, well, good for him. Yeah. Now, now. What we need is the actual confirmation. So you need to talk to him, get the like still or perhaps a small clip of his portion of the movie. So then we can share it on this episode in a future, future episode with, uh, you know, uh, copyright uh, claims and that sort of thing. (laughs) Uh, But we're using it as commentary eventually. So it's one of those, one of those things. Ah, yeah. So, I like how uh, how Howard got up and he was doing something, but he still had his headphones on, <laughs> like he was listening. He's just making sure that we weren't going to talk about him while he was gone. You got them old wireless transmitters going. Uh, mostly, I was just going for a Kleenex, which is on the other side of the room, but my headphone cable is far enough I can keep my headphones on. It's either a small room or some impressively long headphone cables. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, man. I love it. Well, uh, with the late introduction of uh, Rude Boy Kyle, because, uh, as I mentioned, he had the old-fashioned. First of all, how is your old-fashioned? Uh, it's pretty tasty. I uh, ran down to the store this evening and uh, picked up a... Uh, Black pepper pork uh, Chinese dinner, and I uh, I had three bottles of the Woodford Reserve Old Fashioned Syrup at home, but no Woodford Reserve. So I had to go pick up a bottle, and the funny thing was is that I uh, I went and browsed the shelves, and they only had the uh, 750 milliliter varieties they had a few different kinds of the woodford they have the uh 
straight bourbon whiskey um, and a couple other ones with uh, higher alcohol content in them. I looked at the price and I compared it to the uh, another bottle that I had picked up that was a, a 175. It was a little better price for the, the volume and I went up to the counter and they had the the big bottle of Woodford behind the, the counter and the, the checkout line in the alcohol section. So I, I told him like, Hey, here's this bottle. I'm like, I, I didn't see that you had the, the big bottle of Woodford and the, the young man that was checking me out. He's like, Oh, I'll have to, cause he had scanned the big bottle that I had picked up. Um, I think it was a bottle of McCallum, uh, but it was something that uh, he's like, he he turned to his supervisor that was checking somebody out right behind me. And he's like, oh, I'm going to need your code to put in to invalidate this code or invalidate this thing. Because I'm like, well, I want the big bottle of Woodford instead of the small one because I didn't see the big one on the shelves. He's the supervisor was like, yeah, there's people that are stealing them. It's the reason why we can't have any nice things around here. So I'm like, all right. Doing my part by paying for the, the big bottle, I guess. So, <laughs> But yeah, it's... Uh, he just doesn't go to meetings. Goes goes down well and <laughs> the semi-professional. But uh, yeah, it was, it was something that... Uh, I thought they had discontinued the big bottle or they didn't stock it anymore, but they put the big, big Woodford behind the counter. Um, so I know for next time, some, but some the, rough uh, neighborhood down there in Des Moines. Uh, uh, Got to put alcohol behind the counter. Make sure uh, them damn kids don't get a hold of it. Allegedly. Uh, but uh, yeah, I got the, the, the cube ice in there so watch out yeah so casa de kyle's getting classier surface area is what you're going for if you're trying to chill uh a cocktail instead of uh, volume said. of ice so <laughs> don't want to water it down absolutely and no fruit oh, yeah. cherry I tried to bait him into a couple things. Howard Howard caught on right away. <laughs> He's just over there smirking. Is that shitty grin? I just love it. What uh, what <laughs> beverages did you guys uh, talk about earlier besides the? Uh, well, you'll have to hit the rewind and the check out the beginning of the episode and the what's on tap. I will. All right. Right. We got that VHS effect. We might as well. Be, please be kind. <laughs> rewind, right? It got used uh, at least once in the episode that came out tonight. Get her. Yeah, I, I saw that. All throwback. Uh, could it could have been done a second time, but uh, I didn't. I I caught it on the when I was doing the time codes today. I'm like, oh, <laughs> could have rewound here as well. Um, Remix. That's fine. It's fine. So before we <clears throat> we uh, hit the old timeout here for the uh, the episode, 
Rude Boy, you want to give us a quick update on uh, what you've been up to since last time we heard <clears throat> heard from you and uh, what's been what's been going on in the the Rude Boys world? Uh just uh, just keeping on with the uh, computer games, the PC gaming world. Uh, I'm happy to see, say that I got you into the mowing. By the way, oh, of You're course, welcome. yeah. Yeah, as uh you lawn mowing it, son of it, a bitch. <laughs> Did you tell the story on on the show yet about uh about when when Jess uh asked about what I was playing when I got home? <laughs> yep. Okay. Excellent. Twice. All right, twice, <laughs> yeah. two times. But uh double one, double the pleasure. Yeah. But yeah, it, it uh it fills the time when uh, you have a little extra free time in the the winter, and you wish you were out uh, doing some TLC on your own lawn, I guess. So, but it's still, uh, yeah, it's it's a good game. But uh, yeah, and then our as we were trading cards on Steam, the old Steamer engine just uh didn't want us to you know we don't know each other i don't know if you saw that either but oh, we, yeah. we don't know each other rude boy we, <laughs> you're not, not you're not, not friends not with this friend person on steam but but we are friends it says we're friends. i mean howard isn't my friend howard i'm, I'm friends with still, howard i know you are howard's not my friend on steam so <laughs> damn it howard let's go we got to mow some lawns, buddy. <laughs> and on that uh, shocking and terrible news, Kidder, we've been talking for quite a while. Well, you've been talking for quite a while. I've been trying to save the voice, but uh, it's time for those cheap plugs. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I had to clear the phlegm myself. <clears throat> I could uh, try and talk like uh, Howard for the rest of the uh, episode here, but. We've had enough. You of got that. the voice changer going. Yeah, I got the got the filter. Future Howard doesn't need any extra editing. We're not going to make that something for future Howard. <laughs> Current Howard is shaking his head. Thank you. So let's first talk about our home in cyberspace, BeerBluesBS.com. That's where you can find everything Beer Blues and BS. It's our website, our web web home, and your next stop on your internet browser, Beer bluesbs.com while you're there you can buy us a beer we would certainly love it buy us around if you would like the button is right there at your fingertips and you can even type in a message and then see it right here on the bottom of the screen as we say thank you and cheers for that round so please go ahead help support the show at beerbluesbs.com buy us a beer on the next portion of supporting the show, we have a merch store. We have all kinds of cool stuff on the merch store, including pint glasses so you can drink your beer or perhaps non-alcoholic beverage out of a classy, classy glass. We also have shirts, as in T-shirts, long-sleeve shirts, hoodies, pullovers, even some uh, running tights for the ladies. Or the dudes, too, I guess, I suppose. Uh, there's all kinds of stuff on the web store, including... Oh, oh Kyle, Kyle's got the uh, the underwater goggles going there. 
I, we don't have any of those on the store yet. Sorry, man. I, I don't know what we can do Some for you. Fake cheap sunglasses. We don't have any of those either. Mm. We're, we're all about quality products on our That's website. Right. We don't. We don't sell cheap knockoff garbage. We're not that's sellouts here. That's right. Except we sell out everywhere we go. So that's what we do. Thank you very much. So if you go to the store, in fact, one of the new items on the store is the Sci-Fi Stuff Collection. You can check out the Sci-Fi Stuff Collection. Get it for yourself. Get a sticker or a glass or a shirt. Maybe some socks. There's all kinds of stuff there that you need to check out. Sci-fi stuff, in fact. BeerBluesBS.com. Click the merch button to find out more. Now, of course, if you're listening to us, please check out our YouTube version. It's the video version with fun little Easter eggs that future Howard throws in. And uh, we have fun with the video version. And then you can actually see what we're drinking, see what we're doing, see what we're in the middle of and see how we like to laugh at each other as well. BeerBluesBS.com, that is on YouTube. If you're watching us or perhaps listening to us, well, first of all, again, thank you. But if you want to listen to the show, take us in the car or perhaps listen in your earbuds while you're tuning out your coworkers, you can bring us anywhere with BeerBluesBS.com and on your favorite app of choice. Perhaps iHeartRadio, Spotify, Pandora, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, the uh, Audible app. Search Beer, Blues, and BS. Because we're right on there, and you can subscribe to the show for free, which, please, you should do on there. You Please, you should subscribe to the show because sharing is caring. And uh, sharing this show helps us get in front of more people to share the good word from your good brothers. And we would obviously appreciate that. The last bit of note is we're on Facebook. So search Beer, Blues, and BS on Facebook, and you can become part of the Beer, Blues, BS family and the conversation right there on Facebook. Again, go to Facebook, search Beer, Blues, and BS, and you'll find... A couple of good brothers posting some real good stuff. So, for my good brother Howard Blues, who's trying not to cough up a lung. For Rude Boy Kyle, who snuck his way into the show tonight. He's waving. He can't see him, but he's waving. You guys have a good night. And he still can't see him. (laughs) Say something more, Kyle. Well, I uh, I appreciate you guys uh, inviting me on tonight, and it was it was great to to join you for the the short little bit, and uh, I appreciate the uh, the time to be on the show, and I'm I'm looking forward to the next uh, the next tasty beverage review. It's funny because it was more of a surprise to uh, Howard than anything. <laughs> Because <laughs> I didn't tell him. Oopsies. <laughs> Sorry about that, Howard. <laughs> uh, is that the hashtags? Hashtag sorry, not sorry. That was like three weeks ago. So, or are we still not sorry? Is that a thing? I think so. <laughs> we'll just. We'll I just think keep... so. 
we'll just we'll just keep going keep going <laughs> with that living the dream so hey for my good brothers here howard blues and rude boy kyle I'm the man, the myth, the legend, Mark Kidder. Thank you for joining us for this edition and every edition of Beer, Blues, and BS. Couldn't do it without you, so thanks for joining us. We certainly hope you join us for the next edition. Make sure your glass is always at least half full. There's free beer tomorrow, and we will catch you on down that old dusty Tuscan highway. Catch you on the next one. You have been listening to a UA production of Beer, Blues, and BS. If you enjoyed the show, help others find out about it by rating the show or leaving a review at your podcast listening service of choice. Thanks for listening, and may your glass never be empty. UA Productions presents A Glimpse Behind the Curtain. Bam. That Kyle was going to go, Maya, hee, Maya, hard <laughs> start. No. I, don't, I don't need outcut. I don't need outtakes. Are you sure? I mean, that'd be a good behind the curtain. That's okay. Be a great behind the curtain. Mm, yeah. Tell us how you really think, Kyle. <laughs> no surprise. There's Kyle. <laughs> surprise. He tells me he's drinking an old fashioned, and then and then it didn't seem like he was doing anything else. So. <laughs> No, I, I just saw the I saw the advertisement for the uh, the hard Mountain Dew, and I I texted Mark and Nick saying that we should do a a hard Mountain Dew review as as one of our beverages of maybe as a gag. Maybe we should take a sip of it before we actually join the episode, and then either have the like have like half the crew do like we're definitely for this and like half like definitely against it because it tastes like bullshit or it just tastes like Mountain Dew code red with vodka in it type thing or I don't know. It's just something I, I text the market. I saw the advertisement for it. I'm like, oh, this might be a little conversation starter, but. If the, if you guys are running short of uh, beer beverages, of course, I don't I don't want to step on your production schedule at all. Yeah, our production schedule. We have a <laughs> very, very tight schedule. You have no idea. We have topics and topics lined up for minutes. So. Of course, uh, the, uh, I, I wouldn't expect to be squeezed in on a Friday night. Uh, and yeah, here you are. Here you are. <laughs> Here I am. And on my screen, he's right in the middle. He literally pops in and whoop, right splits <laughs> the two of us apart. Right in the middle. Squeeze it his way straight up the pike. <laughs> the uh, 
the interesting thing there is you you sent me that message and i i mentioned that uh you were drinking an old-fashioned and yeah. and you're sent talking about this mountain dew and i don't know if he tried it and then we started talking about it on the show before you even got here so we did that whole bit we're professionals on this show done and dusted so 